0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church's Saturday night event with Joey Roberts. Enjoy. That's so good, amen. Praise the Lord. I love Jesus with all my heart. Uh, I'm so thankful to be um, born again and living in this time right now before his glorious return. And I believe that. Uh, I want you to know uh, one thing about me. If you get nothing else from me, uh, I'm very comfortable telling you that I, I'm living my life as if Jesus might be coming tonight, as if He might be coming tomorrow, and I, I think that's the only way to live. Uh, if we're not living like that, then what are we? What are we living like? And uh, it's so important that that we renew our mind, as Paul said, to to this thing of the gospel, that that we're serving a a, a true and living God. And uh, not only that, but his son Jesus is about to come back to the earth. And uh, that's not a scary thing. Uh, The Bible literally says in in the book of Revelation that uh, the talk of his return is not a hope, but it is the hope for all mankind. Everybody needs to know that this guy's coming back. Amen. And that he's coming back soon. I had a lady in a a church... (laughs) Oh, probably two years ago, she came up after a meeting and, and I was really pushing this, this effort that, that Jesus is coming back. And that that it's important that that we tell our friends and and let people know, give people a chance to know that that there is a living Christ. You know, Paul said this in the New Testament at a church he was preaching. He said, I did not come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came to you in demonstration of the living Christ. There was a man by the name of John G. Lake, and he 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 had a phrase I liked in one of his uh, in one of his teachings, a sermon. He was he was fired up, and he said, "A gospel, uh, 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 a, a gospel that is not fit to demonstrate is not a gospel that is fit to be taught." Saint Francis Assisi said this. He said, "Preach the gospel. Use words if necessary." You know, this is a gospel that we are living out. This is, I like what Mariah said at the beginning of the night. You know, sometimes preaching the gospel is just by faith wearing a smile so that the world can see the joy of the Lord. You know, and, and sometimes you have to fake that smile, but that's all right. We fake it till we make it. You know, there's a lot of things. You know, Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith, it's not possible to please God. And some, some of the times, we truly have to just put on a happy face by faith and say, Lord, I'm going to give you my best. I may not even feel like smiling, but for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of your return, I want to show off your goodness. I want to show off your countenance. You know, all God's got on his face concerning you and me, is a big old smile. You know even God's judgment for you and me is only good. One day you'll you'll stand before the Lord as they say and give an account, but his judgment on you is only good. He's so proud of you. He's so pleased if you if you've accepted his son Jesus. Man, everything's been made all right between you and him. And he has surrounded you and covered you in his grace. It's like you could do no wrong. Amen. 1 John 4:17 says this, we can have boldness in this day of judgment. Why? Because as he is, so are we now in this world. You're just like him. You're just like Jesus. If you've accepted him, you've accepted his love, you've accepted his sacrifice you know he was beaten way back in the book of uh isaiah Uh, he had he had seen thousands of years before jesus the the christ even walked the earth in in flesh form and he said surely you were beaten and bruised for my iniquities you took shame upon you so i didn't have to be shameful and the chastisement of my peace was upon you, and by your stripes I've been made whole. You know, that was way before Jesus ever even walked the earth. You know, every book of the Bible is about Him. All 66 books, He's in every one of them. You ever thought about that? That literally every word in this book is about one man. It's about Jesus. I think the last time I was here, I shared some of this, and... Man, that's a good sign, being in a church where you can't get away from talking about Jesus. You ought to go to a church like that. I want to put a challenge to you. You know, if whatever you're listening to and feeding on isn't at least 90% Jesus, and that's a a generous number, I think it should be 100% Jesus. But if 90% of the literature that we're feeding on as Christians that's marked faith and marked gospel and marked Christian, if it's not at least 90% fully focused on Jesus, I ask you, what good is it? Much of what comes on the TV today that's marked Christian is more about us and less about Him. And as Paul said, these things should not be, brethren. It's all about Him every step everything we do in our life we're his living testimony you know you're writing the book of acts it's the one book of the bible that was never finished because you're alive and you're here and you're writing your own chapter your life is literally a written resume for what you're going to do for all of eternity amen Amen. we're going to live forever We're going to live forever. I'm never going to die. Even if the Lord tarries his coming, this body could pass away, but I'll never die. I'll just go from here right on to there. I'm going to live forever. Not even Jay-Z can claim that. That's why I'm gangster, baby. I'm going to live forever. Forever. I will be seated. You know, here's the coolest thing. Right now in the spirit realm, if you could see it, We're already seated with Him in heavenly places. And the Bible says, since we're seated with Him, we've been placed far above all principality and all power and all might and any dominion and any name that is named in this world and even that which is to come. We are seated right with King Jesus. What's that mean? I'm untouchable. Everywhere I go, He goes. He said, lo, I'll be with you always even to the ends of the earth. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Man, he's not a hope. He is the hope, and he is everything. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's talk to the Lord just for a minute. Lord, I pray that, that you open up the ears and the hearts of every person here tonight. Lord, we don't want just another little gathering. Lord, I thank you that you demonstrate your your goodness. To each and every person here tonight. Lord, that we'd all walk out of here knowing one thing, that Jesus is good and that he is real and that you are alive, Lord. Lord, give us boldness in this day that we're living in. Give us boldness to talk openly about you. I don't care what happens in the government. I don't care what, what's happening in the news media. I don't care what they outlaw. I don't care what they, what they say is right or wrong. Lord, all we care is about honoring you because it's all about you. Our life is all about you. May we see that afresh and a new, a fresh new focus that brings us up higher to a higher place, a higher level of thinking, to see ourselves the way that you see us, just like yourself, because as he is, so are we now. Right now, you've made us clean. Right now, you've made us new. Right now, you've given us the joy that no one can get outside of you. You're awesome. I love you, Jesus. I love you. Thank you for this opportunity tonight to share your good word, to share your good news with all these that are here. And I give you all the glory, Lord. All the praise for anything that that even sounds good. Lord, I offer it to you. I honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. He's so good. You know, in Genesis, he's the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, He's the cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. That was Jesus leading the children of Israel through the desert. He's always been. You know, Jesus didn't just appear one day, He's always been. John 1 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Later on in the Gospels, it says, He sent His Word and healed them. That was Jesus, the healer. That was Jesus. He's always been. Every book of the Bible is about Him. Knowing that changes the way I read the Bible. Knowing that, 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 that changes everything for my life. Changes everything of how I view Him. And He's so good. He's so merciful. All He's got for you is good things. Amen. You know, in, uh, in, in Joshua, He's the captain of our salvation. Fast forward in Amos, He's the burden bearer. In in Joel, he's the Holy Ghost baptizer. In Jonah, he's our foreign missionary. In Micah, he's the messenger with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is the avenger of God's elect. Skipping forward to Malachi, he's the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. You ever heard that story about the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5? Anyone heard this before? Has anyone not heard this story? Is anyone not going to lift their hand no matter what I say? <laughs> there was this woman in Mark chapter 5. We don't have to turn there. I, I've shared it enough times that I can paraphrase it. And the Bible says that she, she had been sick for, for uh, 12, 12 long years, and that she had been bedfast and she had suffered many things and seen many physicians. And the Bible says she had spent all that she had, but she kept getting worse. But when she heard of Jesus, she heard that Jesus was in her town. Something came over her and she said, I'm going to get up. And she said to herself, this revelation came. You ever had a revelation thought come to you that it just, it just seemed right? Even though it may have seemed out of the ordinary or an impossible thing, but all of a sudden it wasn't an education thought. It wasn't something you came up with. It was like a revelation or, as the Bible refers to, a rhema word. It was like God himself had revealed this thought to you. And just down on the inside of your heart of hearts, your spirit, you just knew this is going to work out. Anyone ever had that? You know, it could be something as small as uh, one time I was making brownies. And I was a kid. And, uh, you know, my parents always taught us about hearing the voice of, our, of, our, uh, 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 of the Holy Spirit, but hearing the voice of our own spirit. You know, one of my favorite mentors, this man who's passed on, is his name was Kenneth Hagan. They called him Brother Hagan. He said this one time, and it surprised me, and then I studied it out, and I realized. He said, I'm satisfied to say that in 60 years of ministry, the Holy Spirit has never once spoken to me about me. I thought about that, and I thought, man, that's, huh. He said, the, whole, the Holy Spirit has spoken to me many times about other people, but the voice I hear on the inside of me is that born-again voice. It's the voice of my own spirit. He said, the world knows that voice as a conscience. He said, but we call it the inner witness. Some people call it Intuition. You know, every person, whether they're saved or unsaved, whether they go to church or they don't go to church, whether they believe or not, every person is a spirit. I am a spirit. I have a soul, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions. And I live and possess a physical body, but my body is not me. I am a spirit. You know, you can learn to train your human spirit once you've received Jesus in your life, you can uh, get a fellowship with God through his word. You know that scripture I quoted? John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. How many know that God never changes? Psalms and Proverbs both say that, that God will never change. In fact, in, in the gospels it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if God in his word were one, then God and his word are one. That means to get to know God, I first get to know him by his word. That's why Matthew 6, 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now that's not kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God loosely translated means God's ways of doing and being right. You know, God does everything by his word. My relationship with him is first centered on What he said in his word. The fact that I can even have a relationship with him is because he said so in his word. That was where he started out in Genesis. God created mankind to have fellowship with, to have a family. It's right there in black and white. Everything that I get from God, I first get through a relationship and an understanding of his word. That's why it's so important to take a little time every day to read his word and study his word. Proverbs 4. I'm going to quote a lot of scriptures to you. I like to quote scripture. And it'd be good, you know, not to get on to you, but I'd encourage you, learn a scripture every day. Just one. Just learn one scripture every day. You know, in seven days, you'll have seven scriptures you didn't know seven days previous. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And you know, in in 30 days, you'd have 30 scriptures that, that you didn't know 30 days previous. Now, here we are in March, and think about it, January, February, what is it? It's March 10th. That's 70 days. If you had started this, this miracle recipe that I've given you, and you're welcome, (laughs) by today, you'd be on your 70th scripture. Think about that. You know, at the end of the year, you would have memorized 365 Maybe 66 if it's a leap year. I really don't know how that works. I'm not sure if there is an extra day or not. But let's say there is. Or let's say you went to be an overachiever and you decided to get two of them in. One day you snuck one in on us. John 11.35 is a good one for you because it's short. Jesus wept. We can all learn that one. That's the one you double up on. And you already know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world. See, you're getting to know God and you didn't even realize it. Amen. I like it when y'all smile. Makes me feel better about me. We're ready. What are we going to do? Let me play a little tune that came up in my heart yesterday. This is how I like to minister. You know, uh, if you confine yourself to uh, a sermon and notes, uh, well, that, that's, that's not a bad confinement, I guess, as a minister. I guess that's what I'm here to do. But even when you're ministering, even in a pulpit setting, you can find yourself lending your ear, your spiritual ear. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, he brought them all in one day, And he said, they had been ministering to the crowd. He had been teaching. And he brought them all away and he took them away uh, from the crowd. And he said to them this this neat phrase. He said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And I looked that up. This was about two years ago. I was actually up here in New England. And (laughs) the Lord had had given me this cool opportunity to preach at this big church. And he had given me that verse. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And I studied that out. And, you know, Jesus wasn't talking about physical ears. Because everybody, you know, I say everybody loosely, but everybody's got physical ears. What Jesus was telling his disciples, he was talking about hearing from the inside. You know, sometime you'll be, you'll be walking to class, you'll be in school, and all of a sudden you'll have this notion on the inside to say something to somebody. And it may not even make that big of a deal or much sense to you that, that this could even be God. You know, Gloria Copeland, uh, uh, one of the uh, most wonderful uh, teachers I've ever heard of, uh, 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 of, of the Word of God, and she's in her 80s now, still alive, still, still preaching. She said this, as believers, we are led as many times, if not more often, unconsciously by the voice of God as we are consciously. You know, this relationship with the word of God in reading our Bible, and I say memorize a scripture a day, uh, this relationship with the word literally takes hold on the inside and it gets beyond a normal relationship. It actually becomes a way of life where God's talking to you. And, and you might start off and it could be, hey, hey, it just seems right to go up to that dude and, and say, hey, man, how you doing? It's good to see you today. You doing okay? So glad you're here. And, and, and you might even just, it, it, that might have gone so well, that introduction. And you can see, hey, this greeting's working out right now. Now, that's not a big deal, but, but all of a sudden, it's like it, it goes a step farther. And you're like, hey, you know what? I just I, I feel like I want to pray for you. Would that be all right? And all of a sudden, you find yourself doing these acts like as if you were an apostle, like as if you were being led by God, like as if you were God's very hand in the earth. One man said, we are salt and light. We are his hands and feet. Think about this statement. You are truly the only Jesus many people will ever see. The only one. You might be the only born again person that anyone in your class sees all day long. You might be the only uh, hotline to heaven if you will. You might be the only key component to somebody uh, that you don't even know. In a taxi cab in an Uber on a bus, in the mall. You might be the only possibility link to somebody ever finding Christ. You're the only Jesus many people will ever see. This relationship goes far beyond a page. It's a lifestyle. God told the prophet Isaiah, and this was a sermon that I spoke on. It's funny, you have the get up higher theme, and I love it. Because how many follow me on Instagram? If you don't, I'm a great person to follow. <laughs> I really am. I, I, I say that with no shame. I mean, I post the best pictures, and, and I do the best stuff. I go and do cool things. You should go do cool things. You know, uh, I follow people, and then, you know, uh, uh, a good way to get people to follow you is post cool things. Not like, hey, I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> now, I, I just took a shower. Now I'm having some tea. No one cares about that. I mean, for real, I, I'm not going to follow you if that's your thing. I had this young lady. Uh, I was at this convention. Uh, Daniel Latham was with me. And I, I said, hey, everyone, get your cell phone now and go to your Instagram now. Now follow me. I'm kind, Bold faith. And this girl on the front row yells out, follow back. And I looked at her, and I said, what's your name? And I looked at her pictures, and I said, do something worth following. <laughs> And they all did that same thing you just did, right? Ooh. You know, I think that's what the Lord is telling us through social media. You know, God will use everything. You know, social media is a wonderful tool to preach the gospel. It's a wonderful tool to share the love of God with people. Instagram has been one of the greatest breakthroughs in sharing Jesus with the world. And it's sitting right under our noses. And not that many Christians are using it for what it's good for. Growing up in the 90s, you know, we were constantly, I sound like an old man, I'm going to be 40 soon. So I guess I'm almost there, I don't know. But, but, But I remember before we had social media, I remember preaching the gospel literally on foot. Can you believe it? Going out into parking lots. I'd go so far as to get dressed up nice. And I'd carry a clipboard. And I'd tuck my shirt in. This is when we used to tuck in our shirt. And I had a couple of friends that we'd do on a Friday night. We, we'd go out and we'd get our, our phony survey together. And you know what that is? We'd go in the grocery store parking lot and we'd look official. And we had these clipboards. We stop people as they're going to the car. We say, Hey, can I help you with your groceries? Oh, sure, sure. So we'd, we'd help them with their groceries. I say, Would you take just literally like 60 seconds? We're doing this survey, and I could really use the numbers as if I was a part of something, which I was. I was a part of the army of the Lord. And, and I said, but, but if you just give me one minute, I'll help you with your groceries. Could you, you just answer a couple questions? Oh, fine. They must have thought I was from the grocery store. <laughs> And I, I had a couple of just spoof questions, you know, to have a little fun. But then I had the third question. And it always was something along the lines. If today was your last day to live, do you know where you'd spend eternity? And it would always get that same mellow response. Now, sometimes I'd run into a Pentecostal person. They'd say, bless God, I know where I'm going. And they'd tell me why. But in many cases, a lot of people simply didn't know where they were going. You know, I believe the Lord gave us social media. And I believe ever since we've been given, it, God's saying this one thing. Post something worth posting. Share my goodness. That doesn't mean every picture has to be of a cross and, or a Bible. You don't have to have this great inspirational quote. But man, you could share something that entices people to come your way. I was gonna sing a song earlier. I think I might. If you could stand it. Let me borrow this here. I'll play and sing. Now I I will say I've never done this one publicly. This isn't my song. This is a, a, a song by Third Day. Anyone remember a band called Third Day? I'm just going to sing a little bit. If you, if you know this, you might, you might sing this. You are beautiful My sweet, sweet song You are beautiful My sweet, sweet song You are beautiful My sweet, sweet song And I'll sing it again Yeah, yeah You are so good to me You heal my broken heart YOU ARE MY FATHER IN HEAVEN Mm -mm. YOU ARE SO GOOD TO ME YOU HEAL MY BROKEN HEART YOU ARE MY FATHER IN HEAVEN You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song, Jesus. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. And I'll sing it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are my strong melody, yeah. You are my perfect rhyme, oh, you are that groovy rhythm, and I will sing of you forever you poured out all your blood you died upon the cross Come on, sing with me You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song upon the cross you are my Jesus who loves me you poured out all your blood you died upon the cross you are my Jesus who loves me you know the relationship that I'm talking about with the Lord literally will take you From a timid place up to a higher place. Where you literally won't feel the care that you used to care when you cared. Does that make sense? The Bible says to cast your cares. This is a commandment. It's an invitation from God. Cast your cares upon me for I'll care for you. Cast all of your cares upon the Lord, for he will care so that you don't have to care. Care is a burden. And it it tries to attach itself to us. But see, we've been set free. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, which is represented by three things. Poverty, sickness, and death. You know, in all three of those is care. Many people carry the care concerning their body, but you weren't designed to carry that. Jesus was sent to take the care and the concern over your physical body. He was beaten so you didn't have to be. He was bruised so you didn't have to be. When I sing about, he poured out all his blood. He died upon the cross he is my jesus who loves me it literally means he took everything so i didn't have to this relationship with him through his word it literally makes what the prophet isaiah talked about he said that god spoke to him and he said isaiah my ways are higher than your ways my thoughts are higher than your thoughts you know you can read every scripture with two different types of sets of eyes. You could read that scripture and say, yeah, he's so big and I'm so feeble and little. Or you could read that same scripture as an invitation that my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, so come up here where I'm at. See what I see for you. See how I see. And everything looks different when you're standing over it, everything looks different from up above. You're like that old uh, story about the all the chickens. And there was this one bird that was a little different. You know this one? It's like a story your guidance counselor will tell you in high school. And there was this one odd chicken that was... Squawking around and somehow he landed on the farm, you know this? And he started taking notes of what all the other chickens were doing. So he did what they did. And they they pecked around on the ground and they ate off of the ground. So he ate off the ground. And you know the moral of the story. Later on, he sees something that resembled himself. For the first time in his life. His whole life he looked around himself and he saw these other birds that didn't look like him and they didn't feel like him. And they, though he tried to act like them, something wasn't right. One day he looks up and he sees this bird. And for the first time he saw himself come to find out he wasn't a chicken at all, he was an eagle. You know, you and I are just like that. With the anointing of Christ Jesus on us. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Luke 4.18, Jesus is in the synagogue and he opens up up the book. They bring him the book of, of Isaiah. and He opens up to the verse and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closes the book and he said, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. I am that man. He was in his own hometown. The Bible says that all of his peers got offended at him. And they were astonished at his doctrine before. But when he claimed to be the one that Isaiah prophesied would come with anointing and healing, they got offended at him. I believe that it's time for you and I to take our relationship to the ultimate, highest level, to where we unashamedly claim, yeah, I am a Christian. And I'm a real one. I'm a real follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm proud of that. Becomes, it, it, it comes with all kinds of benefits. When you discover and see yourself the way he's always seen you, Jeremiah 1.5 says, before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you and he called you to be a prophet to the nations. That's heavy sounding, but don't let it be too heavy. Prophet means a sent one called of God to say what God says wherever they're at. You are a prophet to the nations. Wherever you go, he's calling you to be his voice. If it seems like you're not like all the other chickens around you, It's because you're not a chicken. There's nothing chicken about your DNA. You're a sent one from God. Paul said, I'm an alien. I'm not from this world. I'm just passing through on my way to glory. That's you and me. We're not like everybody else. Hear me. This is not a popular thing to say in today's society. But you are not like everybody else. You're not called like everybody else. You don't have the same boundaries. You don't live by the same rules. You don't have the same standards. You're called out from among them. You are a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation called and set aside by God and anointed to do something great for Him. You are His You're his. I'm not my own, Paul said. I've been bought with a price. My life today, in your life today, whether you accept it or believe it or not, it still still doesn't change. You know, some things are unchangeable whether I believe them or not. Whether I believe it or not, we did land on the moon. It happened. It happened. Ask Neil Armstrong. When you get to heaven, ask him if it really happened. Whether I believe in the planet, Saturn. Never been there, but I believe it's there. But whether I didn't believe it was there, or that it existed, doesn't make any difference. I had this young man who was doing a youth event like this. I love these events. Keep doing these. Do these all the time, and keep rapping. With your permission, I'm going to bust around myself in a few minutes. <laughs> And I didn't want to, you know, I can tell this is your stage. So if it's cool. But I was doing this youth, this, this, this event, and it was, it was a teenage uh, event. And we were, we had gotten the local junkyard to deliver a couple of uh, trashed cars. And we had gotten uh, a whole bunch of men from the church to bring out their sledgehammers and, and axes and picks and anything that we could destroy things with. We had this car out there, and I got a bunch of teenagers before the service. We got like 50 cans of spray paint. And I said, I want you all to tag this. And I want you to paint it just. But I, I said, I want you to, I, I gave them several words to start with. I said, I want you to write something on this car. That's something that you'd like to to totally obliterate and destroy out of your life and out of the world. And so one young man, he wrote he wrote hate. And he wrote it real big on the side of the car. Young lady on the back of the car wrote prejudice, And she wrote it real big in hot pink letters. And then there was this one young man. And he wrote a big pentagram. This, this, this satanic symbol. And he put it right on the hood of the car. I mean Big. And I knew his background. I knew his family. He'd grown up around witchcraft. And there was demonic things happening in his home. And though his parents didn't come to my church, he had gotten born again. And we got on all the evil spirits. Now, that sounds far out. But but whether or not you believe they exist, they they do. John 10.10 says, Jesus said this. He said, the thief, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Whether or not you believe there's an enemy out there, whether you believe there's a heaven or hell, some things are immovable. And, and they, they are just as much as this chair is. You know, Satan's greatest thing he's got going for him is the idea that he does not exist. But he exists just as much as you and I do. But this young man came up, and we were out there spray painting, and everything's going good. It's a sunny afternoon, summer day. Got a couple of guest rock bands coming. I'm expecting a big night. We're we're expecting hundreds of people. And uh, this young man comes up. He's looking at the car. And I'd recognized him from around town, but he never came to my church, never came to any events. He goes, what are you guys doing? I said, man, we're going to beat the hell out of this car. We were. That thing was covered in hell and we were gonna beat it right out of it. It had all kinds of things to to represent hell. Hate, anger, hurt, pain, oppression, fear, anxiety. They were all over that car. We were gonna beat the hell right out of that car. You know, hell's a place, right? It's not a cuss word, it's a place, it's a destination that you're never going to see. He said, What are you guys doing? I said, we're going we're to beat this car up. You should stick around. It's going to be crazy. Why? I said, why not? <laughs> he goes, okay. And he starts looking. He's looking around. He's kind of getting the concept. He said, what do these things represent? I said, all the things that we're against. And he was kind of a bigger dude. He's about your size. He could take me probably. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I'm I'm feisty. (laughs) He got around the front of the car and he saw that big old pentagram. and I could tell instantly something about that bothered him. He said, "Uh, what's up with this? I said, I don't know. You tell me. He said, "Uh, that symbol. He goes like this and he pulls the necklace out. He goes, that's my thing, man. And I said, okay. He goes, I don't know if I like that you guys are going to do this now. He didn't have any problem with this other thing. But he didn't like that, you know. I said, what do you know about that? He said, I know a lot about that. And then he like, like, you know how like it goes from like kind you know, neighborly conversation to like, all of a sudden there's just this spiritual thing that happened, like, like he had to, you know, get bigger. He <laughs> said, I know plenty about that. I said, uh-huh. He said, what do you know about it? I said, the devil's got one just like it. And he goes, the devil. He literally went like this. He goes, the devil. That's what he did, threw something on the ground. And he goes, I don't believe in the devil. And then I bowed up, and I got square in his face. And I waited for that that moment. And I looked him right in the eye, and the anointing came out, and I said, he believes in you. And it floored him. He had nothing to say about that. He had never thought about anything about what somebody else might be believing about him. He was only concerned about what he thought about other things, and that was his reality. And he said, devil? I don't believe in the devil. I said, he believes in you. And I could just tell that all of that bowed-upness brought him low. I said, you know, you might think about sticking around might be something here for you tonight. You know, when we finished the sermon, we had that quiet moment. You know, he was the first one to come down and give his heart to Jesus. And that night we gave that young man, actually, it wasn't even a sledgehammer. We gave him one of those big gnarly picks. Something you'd bash like a, you know, one of those, what's that television show people watch? Kill all the, the living dead things. What's the The walking dead. See, that was a test. You failed. I said, no, You. he grabbed the sludge. And I said, no, you need the heavy duty one. This thing's going to put a hole in that. You know what? He pulled off that chain. He realized just in a moment, you know, that's what the power of God's word does. It will give you a, a mindset that you'd never have without it. Can I read you something? I'll close with this. This is called Get Up Higher. It's an inspirational rap. Wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Wake up, wake up, Southwest. We about to get crunk. This would be the Northeast, but I wrote this for the Southwest. Jesus first. Do we still thirst? We're Northeast believers, overachievers, the NFL of faith, Bill Winston said. And on our team, we got so many receivers and we bloodstained red. It's hard to believe nearly a year has passed. Last time I hit this stage, here it went so fast. What a blast, what a riot. I be spitting out truth, I hope you buy it. I plead that the blood brings proof, I hope you try it. You can't deny it once you try it we all getting both guns loaded for the last riot. It's like we back in Tombstone and you could call me Wyatt. Erp, chirp, chirp, went the brakes on that last bit. But you catch it in a moment, then you legit. I pray you don't quit. I say you won't quit. Bang, bang goes the gospel up in your eardrum. In about five more minutes, you won't be wondering where I'm coming from. I'm from that old school, back in the 90s, where folks danced up in the church like they had nine knees. (laughs) They were so flexible, pliable, careless towards ridiculous. If you wasn't there, then it can't all sound so frivolous. Revival spirit, can you hear it? Take 10 faith paces forward and get near it. Somebody here tonight is going to catch fire. Somebody here tonight is going to be a leader of a choir. Walk the wire, be the starter of a school-wide revival. I see revelation coming, angels drumming, there's a real humming revival. Someone said revival was a decision, that it was already in play. Get the vision, get the memo, get in the game, boy. This ain't a game, boy. They know my name, boy. I'm on hell's most wanted hit list, because I'm to blame, boy. Stepping out in that grace of God. Slapping demons in the face. Lord. Sometimes it gets so violent when them preaching guns be blazing. Scripture quoting 55 translations in my iPhone Bible. Toting hell raisin. That's raisin with a Z. To put down apprehended on the ground to a T. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with he. Together we taking over this city. Wake up, baby dolls, you in the last days. Dang, I sound old because I remember when I was sitting in your place twiddling my thumbs and halfway about it, halfway believing and halfway to doubt it. But now I shout it. Y'all learn from my mistakes. Take off the brakes. Let's get crunk and let's raise the stakes. Amen. Mariah, could you play a a lullaby. I want to pray for you tonight. And, uh, man, I just want to pray a a simple prayer. I was in Mexico three years ago and I may have shared this with you before. Uh, But I prayed this prayer at a church service on a Sunday morning. And it it was a prayer of healing in, in that particular moment. But, I, I, I we didn't have time to lay hands on everybody. I believe in the laying on of hands. Mark sixteen fifteen. Jesus said, "Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name: they'll cast out devils, they'll speak with new tongues, and they'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover." And so I believe in that. But we didn't have time to lay hands. There was like two or three hundred people, and the service was coming to an end, and and so many people wanted prayer, and I said. Uh, I said, I want to pray for everybody, but but for the sake of time, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine, is is Jesus was praying for you. And his hands were coming upon you. And whatever you need, he was going to be that Philippians 4.19, Jesus. Paul said in Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of your need. And I believe there's a real need may be represented here. It's a need that I've had over the years. It's really a need that we all have, whether we recognize it or not. It's a need of boldness. It takes boldness to live for Jesus in this day. And hear me, it's not getting any easier. That's not a negative statement. Nobody said living for Christ out loud was gonna be easy. But if you look around this room, there's a whole bunch of us here. And if we'd all get together, and inform this unity, a union that I'm going to live for Jesus more this year than I did last year. And next week, I'm, I'm going to be more fired up about Jesus next week. And I'm going to dare to talk to somebody about him. <laughs> Maybe you've never told anybody about your salvation. Now's a good time to testify. This is the best time of our lives, guys. To be loud. I don't mean obnoxious and silly. Maybe Sometimes. A little wildfire is better than no fire at all, they say. But, but now's the time to, to, to take our Jesus and, and, and be bold about it. Because the, the spirit that is driving society in this world literally wants to squelch that out of us and keep us quiet, that there's a supernatural world. And they're making it harder and harder to be people of faith. They're making it harder and harder to live right and feel good about living right and stand for for morality and stand for God. It's almost like a dirty thing. But hear me. There's this thing called the anointing. That thing I was telling you about when Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Acts 10.38, I quoted to you earlier how God anointed Jesus. The end of that verse said, for God was with him. How is God with Jesus? He anointed him. You know, you've been anointed to be his representation. That means you've been empowered by God. Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up that gift that's on the inside of you by the laying on of my hands. And Paul came to Timothy and prayed for him that he'd rise up with boldness. Second Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word and be instant, both in season and out. Be ready to reprove, rebuke if necessary, and exhort. I think we're living in a time right now that God's calling us to be ready at all times. All times to share this Jesus. And like Mariah said earlier, it could be a simple handshake. It could be a simple smile. It could be one simple statement. A friend of mine was preaching in a church a year ago. And he said... During the worship time, he had this weird word that wasn't even a real word come up in his heart. And it was a phony, made-up word, just this stupid word that made, it was not even an English word. It's like, it was like, um, I don't even remember, like, (laughs) cauliflower toe. (laughs) Something dumb. And it kept coming up. And he's like, this, he's trying to worship the Lord and he keeps getting this thing and we're going to say, it's probably not this, but cauliflower toe. And he said, you know, I've done some crazy stuff before people. Yeah, God will call you to do something that's risky sometimes. You know, it's a risk to follow Jesus. It's a risk of what people might think. You know, the Lord might speak to you with that inner witness to to go up to somebody and just offer a hug. And that's, that's risky. What will they think? Maybe offer a compliment. Maybe give someone a $5 bill. It's risky. What would they think? I'm telling you, this relationship, it takes you to places that you can never get to on your own. And you can get comfortable there. You know, you can get comfortable being backed by the anointing, that empowerment. And all of a sudden, your life becomes an adventure like... Lord, what are we gonna do today like yesterday got really crazy i bought that dude pizza he didn't even know who i was and that was weird and and i kept thinking i should buy this guy's pizza and 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 it, it, it what's gonna happen today i remember i was walking down the street one time I will get back to my friend with cauliflower toe uh, and 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 uh, i was walking down the street one time and i had this inward witness and i saw this other guy walking and it was this perfect glorious Tom Cruise moment and it was like we were in Top Gun and we didn't know each other and I'm in a city and I literally I'm walking along and I looked at him and he gave me the nod and we had this magic moment I said up high and we slapped five and then he even knew it we came around and slapped a low five and I said right on what happened that was it that was it but it was something he'll probably never forget and something I'll never forget and I don't know how the Lord used it but I knew it was Jesus it happens to me all the time all the time every day funky little things happen and now I just don't even question anymore cauliflower toe (laughs) he said I got up and I'm trying to preach my sermon I'm stumbling over the words he said I preached this message before literally the day before and it was awesome he said but I couldn't get this word out of my mind he said folks I'm sorry I can't say another thing until I say this and you'll have to forgive me because it sounds crazy he said, but does this mean something to somebody? He said it was freaking him out that he was about to do this, and he goes, cauliflower And <laughs> The lady in the middle of the audience threw both arms up, and she screamed, and she said, oh, my God, how did you know? How did you do that? And he said, well, I, I don't know what I did. And she testified to my friend. She said, I was, had every intention all week to blow my brains out today. She said, I've never had a reason to believe in God. She said, I randomly picked a church out of the phone book. And I said, God, if you're real then you'll make somebody say something. And she said, I came up with the stupidest thing I could. I had to know. God's so cool. This relationship that I'm talking about getting up higher, it's freaky. (laughs) It's unexplainable. Hear me. The church at large. I know there's churches here. The church at large. Things are happening unexplainable things are about to come back into the church. And it won't be enticing words of man's wisdom and little sermons of how clever I am and I've got this clever idea and we're going to make six points out of it and it's going to go for six weeks and it's going to be awesome and I'm going to sell a CD and everyone's going to think I'm awesome because I look awesome and I wear awesome things and I say awesome things and it's really more it's all about Jesus kind of but it's really more about me because I'm the awesome one presenting Jesus and no God's about to do something supernatural that only he gets the credit for think about it can he get credit for everything going on in our church Is there anything so crazy going on that it has to be God? It's about to be. It's about to be. If we'll open the floodgates wide open and say, Lord, do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. We will be your vessels. Lord, both in the church house and out of the church house, whatever you want me to say, Lord, I'm all ears. Not just these ears, but these two. But these ears, Lord, what do you want to say? I'll say cauliflower toe. Whatever. Whatever it is. He said this. Be faithful in the little. And I'll make you ruler over the more. Over the much. It may start with buying a slice of pizza. It may start with, a, with an up high. You might be in Providence. Providence. Walking down the street, minding your own business, and all of a sudden you'll hear my voice, and you'll see somebody coming, and it'll be an unlikely person, probably older, maybe weird looking, and all of a sudden you'll think, I want to go up high, and you'll look at them, and you'll have that moment and be like, up high! (laughs) And if they don't get it, it's cool, because at least you did something. Following the inward voice, there'll be trial and error. But here's the thing. Even if you miss it, you didn't really miss it. The only way to miss it is to do nothing. Be caught doing something. I saw this bumper sticker, and it said, Jesus is coming. Look busy. I've thought about that a lot. That'd make a great t shirt. Jesus is coming. Look busy. I think we're coming into a season right now that we're not just going to look busy. We're going to get busy. Get busy being about our father's business. Remember, Jesus was found. He's just a little kid. and His mother, Mary, couldn't find him. And she's looking all over town. And she finds him in the synagogue. He's like eight or ten years old. She says, I've been looking for you. And he looks at His mom, he says, woman, (laughs) he must be the Lord. (laughs) Woman, I must be about my father's business. Later on in the Gospels, he told his disciples, he said, I did not come here on my own accord. I only say and I only do those things I see my father doing. He wasn't even talking about physical eyes. You've got spiritual ears. You've got spiritual eyes. In this relationship, he's talking to you every day. He's talking to you every day. He'll even tell you what to wear. God picked out my outfit. He did? I was in Adidas the other day and I saw these dope pants and these that's what they say these days, dope. So, you better get on board. And 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 you know what? I knew it was the Lord cuz they were on clearance. <laughs> It was right there in yellow letters. And I said, yes, Lord, thank you. And I got a whole new outfit. And I look fly for a white guy. God even knows where you need to be shopping. You know, he is the Lord of the harvest. And he knows everything about your harvest. Some of you got Jordan tennis shoes coming to you. And you're not going to pay full price. Somebody's got a pair of Michael Jordan tennis shoes coming to them. Someone's got a brand new guitar coming their way and an amplifier, and you're not gonna have to do anything to earn it. Somebody's got a car, free and clear, a good car, not a junker clunker with a bunch of rust. Uh, I know how Northeastern cars happen. No, no, a good car, a good car. One that you be uh, rolling down the street, rocking out to saying, yeah, I'm driving this. And on the back, you'll have a license plate that says something like tither. <laughs> Yeah. God is going to make you his representation if he has to buy you every stick of clothing and slap it on you to make you look good. He'll tell you how to do your hair. He'll get you a cool watch. He'll get you a cool husband. He'll get you a nice wife. He'll get you everything if you listen to him. He will get you everything. Everything. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above and cometh down from the Father of lights whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He has everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Deuteronomy 8.18, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he alone that gives you the power to get wealth. He's got it all. He's got it all. And he's got it all for you. Let's stand to our feet and give Jesus some praise. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I dare you to lift your hands with me. I know it's time's up. Look at that, 8.36. I'm six minutes late. Dang it. I meant to be on time. (laughs) Hallelujah. Mm. Now those last things I said by the voice of the inward witness, those are called prophetic words. That can even have a dirty name today. See, the enemy wants to twist every spiritual thing that is good and take the gifts of the Spirit out of the body of Christ so that we just become machines putting on a show. But the spiritual gifts are alive and real. And God really will speak to you. And He'll speak to you about other people if you let them. And He'll make you a living blessing and a living witness, and you'll be a lifesaver. That lady was gonna blow her brains out that day, and she was looking for a sign. She was looking for a help. You know, the world's looking for a sign, and you're it. Bingo, you're it. It's like you're wearing a big sign on your head that says, Come and talk to me. Joey, I don't know why people keep telling me all their problems. It's like I'm wearing a sign. You are! You're wearing a sign called the anointing. And it attracts people. Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. If they're going to come unto him, him living in you, they've got to get to you to get to him. You're a sign in the earth. I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Oh, man, this is the good part. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know this man, Jesus. Maybe you've never accepted him into your heart. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer of salvation. Maybe you've never called on the name of the Lord. The Bible says, he that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. His name is Jesus. And tonight I want to give you an open invitation. I won't embarrass you. I won't bring you forward. All you got to do is simply lift your hand in a moment. And you don't. nobody's looking around. Everyone, close your eyes. Please respect the moment. If that's you here tonight and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, but you'd like to, you'd like to at least try it for the next 30 days. I tell you, if you try him, he won't disappoint you. He'll make himself real. He'll make himself real to you. If that's you here tonight, you've never made Jesus your Lord. Just lift up your hand for a moment and put it back down. Anybody? I'm looking around. Anybody? Anybody? Anybody want Jesus? He wants you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Maybe you're here tonight and you feel like you've been away from God. And, and it's just time, it's time to make a, a commitment again. I want to I commit my life again. Hey, that's cool. That's okay. If you'd lift your hand, i see that hand. Anybody? You say, that's me. I want to recommit my life. I see that hand back there. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else? Let's do something. Let's make us all feel really good. Why don't you join hand, hand, hands with your neighbor? Just join hands across the aisle. Hey, man, you're helping somebody. Sometimes it's not easy to lift your hand. Oh, but God honors our faith. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe He died for me and that He rose from the dead. Jesus, I accept You. Lord, I want to be saved. I want to live like I'm saved. Lord, thank You for empowering me to do Your will in the earth Lord I give you my life thank you for saving me Lord I receive your boldness to do everything you're telling me to do give me ears to hear and eyes to see thank you Jesus amen Well, guys I sincerely have had a blast you guys are wonderful thank you so much Bosco's thank you Guys, you guys are awesome. Thanks for doing this. For real. This is such a good thing. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.